Hey there, sports fans. Kaylee Mizell here. This is Miked Up with Kaylee Mizell, presented by International Diamond Center, your local diamond experts since 1981. I have on the show today Derek Lalonde, the assistant coach who made his debut as the NHL head coach this season with the Tampa Bay Lightning. Well, you might know him as Newsy. Newsy talks to me about motivating this team, about how he got his start. We also talk about how he would describe this Tampa Bay Lightning team and so much more. So be sure to listen all the way through. It was a very fun conversation with Derek Lalonde. A few quick notes about today's podcast. First of all, I spoke to Newsy last week. They still had six games to play. Second, I spoke to Newsy at the TGH Iceplex. So if you've ever been there, you know that it's open to the public. And there were definitely a lot of kids there that day. So you might hear some background noises of kids hanging out. We actually recorded in the birthday party room. So I have to give my... Hats off to TGH Iceplex. They made it super comfortable. It was a great place to record. Uh, and if you check out the video elements of this podcast on our social channels, uh, at Bally Lightning, at Bally Sports FL on Twitter, then you'll see kind of the background that I'm talking about and you can kind of see out into the TGH Iceplex. Uh, but just in case you hear maybe a few errant cheers or noises as people are hanging out, uh, that's what that is. Also, because we spoke last week, they hadn't yet been to the White House. So we don't really touch on that yet, but definitely hoping to break down that White House visit on a future episode of Miked Up. I'm so excited for you guys to enjoy this episode. And it's next, right after a word from our sponsor. A lot of people talk about clarity. They talk about color. They talk about the size. The cut is the most important. International Diamond Center owner Keith LeClaire talks about the most important of the four C's, the cut. The way the diamond is cut is 60% of the value. Keith says it's like comparing two men who weigh the same but don't look at all alike. One may look like Tim Tebow and the other one looks like me. I highly recommend you stay with Tebow. <laughs> International Diamond Center. Buy the one that looks like Tim Tebow. So I want you to take me back to, to a younger you right when did you think when did you know hey I I might be good enough at like understanding hockey and like talking to players and understanding like you know the the systems and structure that we want to do that like I could do this and maybe like get paid to do it like I could do this as my job that's a great question because there was a crossroads there uh grow up playing hockey northern New York grew up um the American side of Cornwall, Ontario, basically where Ontario and uh, New York meet along the St. Lawrence River. So hockey was a passion. Uh, played my college hockey, Division three school at Cortland State, probably exactly athletically where I belonged. Uh, had a great experience. And I still, hockey was something I wanted to do going forward, but I thought it'd be a little lower level. Uh, went and got my master's at the Massachusetts College of Liberal Arts. Uh, I got an undergrad in physical education. Uh, I got a minor in science, so I was thinking of going down that teaching route. Okay. And then I went to MCLA, an unbelievable opportunity for me. I was literally 21 years old, graduated from college. Um, you know, who knows what's going to do at 21. And uh, an opportunity at MCLA, uh, basically I get my master's of education, continue my education, and I would be the uh, assistant hockey coach. Division three program, yeah, and kind of the best of both worlds. Continue to coach, get my uh, education, so I ended up getting my master's. 
And then I was kind of at that crossroad, um, got my education an undergrad uh, in, in teaching, in education, had a master's in education, kind of wanted to head down that physical education, maybe administrator role Yeah. at the high school level and coach hockey. Um, my old college coach took a program over at Lebanon Valley College, asked me if I wanted to do it, uh, did it, enjoyed it, spent a couple years there. Now you start having that passion of um, maybe I want to do this for a living, uh, but I have to support myself. It wasn't really a great paycheck <laughs> Yeah. back then. I'm and getting paid, <laughs> but I don't know if I can survive on this paycheck. <laughs> basically, basically. We enjoyed what I'm doing. Um, you know, you have a passion for something. You, you know, you think you're, you're rich and you have that passion of what you're doing. Then I went to uh, Hamilton College, the coach there. He had moved a couple coaches on a Division One level, and he sold it as that, you know, come give me a year or two, we'll move you on. You have a skill set. Got there, and then um, I really hit that crossroads. I was offered prep school jobs where I could be the hockey coach, teach uh, high school, uh, Shenandoah. I still remember the name in the Albany area, renowned high school program, physical education teacher. Literally sitting, which there. is exactly what the path I, that I you were on. And it's just like anyone else, you know. I, I, I chased it through my education, and it was sitting there, and then probably the. Ch the the call that led me down that full-time path was Bob Daniels at Fair State University. Fair State plays in the CCHA, Division One program. Uh, you know, they play against the heavyweights such as Michigan, Michigan State, Notre Dame. Uh, Jeff Blaschel, coincidentally, who was the head coach of the Detroit Red Wings, was moving on from Fair State, uh, and I fit kind of his role. I was a goalie guy, be able to work with the goalies, do a little recruiting uh, I where my geographically where I was from uh, knew the Ottawa Toronto Ontario where they would recruit uh, so it just went seamless went there we had a ton of success uh, we won our first championship there um, uh, we had Chris Kunitz yeah obviously uh, obviously an unbelievable NHL career and then the phone just kept ringing um, spent time there University of Denver called an assistant job there took that, then I knew I wanted to be a head coach. I was going down the path, and I, this whole time, I'm just kind of setting myself up to be a college head coach. Yeah. John Cooper calls me, small world. He's leaving the Green Bay Gamblers in the United States Hockey League, and he had really built this thing, and he, they turned it into a last place team, to a championship team, and they did a great job with their player procurement and their draft. And he basically asked me you know, if I wanted to take this over. I still remember the phone call, I was out in Vail on vacation with my family. It was literally like August 25th. Uh, their school started like Wow, you day. like remember the date? Well, it's, it's just my point is it's yeah. the date where it's, it's my, and I just had Abby. I literally had three kids. I yeah. had three kids under the age of four and a half. Oof. And at the time, now it's you're literally doing it at the last second. Uh, school, kids are already showing up to campus. I said no. And I, stood, I still remember, and then, Coop called me up immediately after, and he kind of scolded me. And we had a good relationship, recruiting relationship, but you know, obviously not what we've built now. Uh, you know, going through working together at the National Hockey League level. But he basically said, you know, I just said, I can't do it. My family, it just seems rushed. He's like, you want to be a real coach. If you want to be a real coach, you got to do something, something like this. Wow. All year, I kind of kicked myself, and then the following year, the same job came open. And just timing, literally, it was a, it was a one-minute phone call. The oh president uh, called, um, would you be interested? I'm like, yes. And then I literally flew out, met. I was the head coach, general manager of the Green Bay Gamblers, literally in 24 hours. 
had an unbelievable success there. We won our championship. Um, you know, just kind of built on what Coop does. I remind him all the time. I broke all of his records there. <laughs> Not like that. And yeah, then, you gotta let him know. Uh, okay. for sure. Humble for him. Sure. Humble him. That's that's hard to do. <laughs> you know, with all the winning and success he's been around. So now I'm going. I'm definitely going to be that 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 head coach path. Uh, but I just expected it to be in the college route. A lot of people would go cut their teeth in the uh, United States Hockey League and go back to college. It's all I knew. I had a passion for it. Uh, there's something about college, and I loved it. Just the relationship with the players and building something. And then the Detroit Red Wings called, and then it was. We want to build our double A program. Would you be interested in the ECHL? Never heard of it, looked into it, but they told me it'd be an open door to Mike Babcock, Jeff Blaschel. And I said, absolutely, learned a ton, turned that program around, had a ton of success. The Minnesota Wild called, became their American Hockey League coach, uh, two years there. And then John Cooper called literally the next morning. They lost in the 2018. Eastern Conference Finals to the Washington Capitals Game 7. Yep. Called me the next morning. Um, I said, give me a couple days. Uh, he's like, I, I plan on making some, we plan on making some changes you know, within our organization. Would you be interested? And I took about three, four days. I called back and said, no. And I said, yeah. No, you didn't. Yeah, I did. I was like, I, just, I liked becoming a head coach. I still wanted to grow, cut my teeth as a head coach at the American Hockey League level. I liked the path I was heading down within the Minnesota organization. Had a really good relationship with Bruce Boudreaux, who was the head coach in Mini. Uh, loved working for Chuck Fletcher, who was our general manager. Then about two weeks later, uh, Chuck got fired. And Coop called again. He's like, what about now? I was like, yeah, so I'll come take a look at it. Obviously, general manager there. And then took the job, and kind of the rest was history. So kind of getting back to your thing, your question, I never thought it would lead to this. Yeah. By any means, uh, working at the highest level, uh, winning back-to-back -back Stanley Cups, the success we've had. Uh, it was truly a passion. I wanted to teach, coach, um, build relationships, build our youth, if you will. I know it yeah. sounds a little. And it just kind of just kept growing, and hopefully we're just getting started. Yeah, well, and I have a few follow-up questions for you. So you mentioned that, that Albany job where you're going to be able to, like, do kind of exactly what you set yourself up to yes. do, like coach and then teach and be at the high school. So you, you said no to that job, right? I did say no. And exactly. that was probably kind of a that, turning point, that like that getting back to one, like. Because I, I, and who knows what they're going to do when they're 16, 17. Yeah. Years old. I kind of had a path that I wanted to go down. I wanted to coach. I wanted to teach. Uh, obviously, got my undergrad in physical education. I had a background in science in college. Obviously, got my master's in education. And it was sitting right there, and some, those jobs are not easy to come by. No, and, uh, especially because you said it was like kind of like a renowned program, like sure. a really great in the a, area, like a prep school. The That's connection, the athletic director got his master's or was doing some schooling with me at MCLA. Yeah. So I got to know him. He literally begged me. I remember him. I wouldn't say scolding me, but he's like, this is a perfect. I know you have a dream of, of um coaching in the NHL or like, he's like it's never gonna happen <laughs> oh but my goodness not yeah. in a bad way he was no, probably but just right trying to like be odds. realistic be a like, realistic yeah. as a way and he was really trying to talk me into it it was very hard to say no to that and I just I want to give it a little more time and you know look look it's ama amazing oh my goodness now for sure yeah well I think that those moments are kind of pivotal like when you say no to something that you kind of had built your life up to to do yes like you had built your life up to say yes to this exact thing this was the always the path and then you said no 
And then, like you said, the phone literally stopped, never stopped ringing. Because I remember in, in the story you're telling me, you're like, and this person called, and this person called, and this person called. It's like, well, clearly you had something, and you still have something. How much do you think that all of the background that you have in education has played into the way that you're able to coach, the way that you're able to communicate 100%. with the players? 100%. I think uh, educating myself on being a teacher, being an yeah. educator, um, it probably led me down that coaching path. And even some of my mentors, uh, my old high school coach in football or, or hockey, they would just like, be a good communicator, be a teacher. And that's what I was. And two things probably led me to, you know, what I think helps my skill set to where I am now. One, just being a communicator and teacher. Uh, but the college thing, the college coaching, which I found a little bit different than professional coaching, is it's really huge on relationships. And yeah. it's just built on that differently you're recruiting <clears throat> these young gentlemen to fair state to the university of denver and you're asking these 17 18 year olds you're telling your parents you trust them then you're with them every day there's it's just it's a it's a different relationship uh some of those players i recruited tyler bozak still a really good friend of mine to today it's just a different relationship professional relationships are great i love building relationships here um I, I care for our guys, uh, the guys we have here. It's just part of that relationships, and it's real. But it really started in that college where you just you truly care about them, tr care about developing them as young men and, and seeing how they grow. So probably that teaching aspect and that relationship aspect just probably led to me, led me to the skill set I think I have uh, at this level right now. Yeah, I'm really interested because you talked about that relation, relational aspect, and I find that to be super fascinating what makes it different in maybe the NHL level? Is it because these guys are professionals and because they're like, yes. well, this is my job, so like... What's 100%? I think there's a little, and it's, I'm not going to use the word selfishness because it's, that's not selfish, but these guys need to take care of themselves. Yeah. They, it's, it's their, it's their... Their bodies are... Their, their livelihood. Yeah, for sure. 100%. And in college, it's a little bit of that, but you're getting them through college. You're, you're growing them as individuals. They need you a ton. Well, they come in as like... 18 year old kids who's yes. like prefrontal cortex is <laughs> sure. not developed 100%, 100%. <laughs> these guys are you know what i mean it's a little different so it's they they have to there has to be a touch of and again i, I wish i had a better word in selfishness but these guys put so much into it's their livelihood and they get one chance at their livelihood and they want to maximize as much as they can and again part of it is relationships but it's just a little bit different. It's a little bit about a little of each their own. And, and I know it may sound a little harsh, but there's there's a little reality to it. And the greats are that. Um, so it's just it's different. And I just I found just even when I my first pro job in Toledo, I just went out and got all these college guys, these guys that were captains and leaders to round out our roster, and it just it had success. And it just I it's just those relationships are strong and it's and when there's trust within a player to player or a player to coach it seems like you get the most out of that individual and, and I think we've seen it firsthand here our last couple of years between our staff and our players and the players amongst themselves and it can turn into something very special and obviously uh, we've we've experienced it the last couple of years yeah certainly the success you guys have had is is pretty incredible but you you kind of said that maybe part of the reason that you you didn't take that uh, first phone call from Cooper you said no to him the first time is because you did want to experience that head coaching route and and that is kind of the path that you had set yourself up for yes you, you kind of got your feet wet a little bit 
this year with that. <laughs> yes, I did. How, it probably prepared me well. How, how was that? Can you take me through that game, the call? Because I know it all kind of came yes. down last minute. So you get this call from Coop saying, hey, you're, you're in. Like, this is go time. Well, typical Coop, he's, well, the call happened like at 415. And literally the game starting, and we were heading to the rink. Oh, in, my in goodness. Yeah. And basically calls, he's like, I tested positive for COVID. And yeah. at that time, nothing, nothing was surprising. Yeah. If that phone call would have happened um, 12 months earlier, even six months earlier, maybe it would have surprised But it, it, literally, it didn't surprise me at all. And because our coaching staff is so inclusive, literally, you could put, you know, we all have our roles and we all have our specialties that we are asked to be in charge of and asked to be on top of. But if you pulled any one of us and we flip-flopped anything, uh, whether uh, Jeff Halpern had to run the penalty kill or I had to turn around and run the power play or work with it, literally we're so inclusive it would be seamless yeah and that's what coop has built and what he made so it was literally it was it, i wouldn't say it was not difficult because obviously it's just how the guys are going to react to it it's a different role it's just now i'm presenting the message between periods and but it was literally seamless the three of us and i think that's a credit to our staff when it's built so it, you know one thing that when you do become a head coach and the experience of the head coach just it's, it's the decision-making, and, yeah. and, the, and the buck does stop on you, and you have to, to make those final decisions and move on from it. That's the one, that's what I wanted when I became a head coach, and I'm glad I was fortunate, I believe, you know, seven years of being a head coach. It just gives you a different perspective, and it, and it leads you to um, being ready for those opportunities. So I felt more than ready, the support with our staff, and then we even got more of a curveball. We come back from the Christmas break. Rob Zettler yeah. <laughs> was positive. So literally, it's just two of us multitasking everything. Again, it was only three, four, or five days, but uh, we were. Well you also had a few players staff. out at that time. It I was, mean, that it was, was the, quite. You're, you're juggling yes, quite a bit. Yes, and I'm very happy to uh, be the winningest coach in the history of the National Hockey League, <laughs> tied as with about uh, thousands others at two and zero. Oh, uh, Start. There you go. Statistics matter. Now I like analytics. Yeah. Oh, now you're. <laughs> <laughs> no, I always like analytics, but when the numbers really go your way, yeah. it's, a, it's, it's a good thing. It's, so. it's a little bit different for sure. Um, I've heard from different guys and they say that winning the cup is special because of who you get to share it with. Yes. Who did you get to share it with? And, and maybe it's different each time, but it was so special. It was extremely different. And now the fact that we were able to experience back to back, it was a true blessing. The first one, obviously you win your first cup, you dream of it. You, you yeah. never really think it's going to happen. As a kid, you dream of it. Uh, in my profession, obviously I was, I was taking a route, probably not heading towards professional hockey. I, you know, so to even coach in the National Hockey League, I pinched myself now to to stand on top of it, especially the way we did it. Um, you know, having that window, we knew we were a really good team. We had that record-breaking regular season, get thumped in the playoffs, and then come back and and win the whole thing. It was unbelievably special. What the, the, the fact that we were in the height of the pandemic then. Oh my goodness, yeah. You, and at the time, I felt I was cheated from some things. Yeah. You, you dream of bringing the cup to your my, my hometown, Brazier Falls, about a thousand people hockey craze it just so you felt you're cheated in that 
so that we were by rule and, and you know by l the rules of the league and, and the pandemic, um, we had rules to it and we, we had very small parties, very personal party. I just had my family, my parents, my kids, some friends, shared it with some with the community as much as we could within the rules and regulations. So it was an unbelievable experience, but I didn't appreciate that until the next year where I was able to bring it home, the greatest moment of my life, my family, to bring the Stanley Cup home and what it did for that community and then how well received it was and, and the things we did around that community. Um, it, it was just a special day, something you dream of, and it couldn't have went any better. Like you, when you dream of it, and it's something you truly, we always talk about having dreams, you literally dream of bringing the Stanley Cup and what that day would be like, and to be able to experience it, it was amazing. But it also made me appreciate the, the previous year, where yeah. because of the rules, it was just the family, and we had to spend that time with it. So I really feel blessed. I got the best of both worlds. You win it once, it's special, but to win it twice in the two unique situations where the first one, you're literally forced yeah. just to do it with your family, and really your intimate friends and family was amazing then to be able to share it with the entire community. Uh, so knock on wood, I, 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 I tell people all the time, uh, we're, I'm winning another one. I don't know when and where. Hopefully it's as early as another two to three months. Uh, but when you, once you get a taste of that thing, it, it, it really drives you. Um, and uh, you know, people say that, and people have experienced it, and uh, there's some truth to that. Coming up, Newsy and I continue to talk about that drive and how that might be the motivating factor for this Lightning team going into the playoffs this year. But first, here's a word from our sponsor. At IDC, you're going to see more diamonds than you ever imagined in one place at prices you never thought possible. IDC owner Keith LeClaire. Nobody's ever accused me of not having enough diamonds. We're talking 30 times the selection of ordinary jewelry stores all at rock bottom, no middleman prices, right? We refuse to be beat on any diamond, any price, anywhere, period. International Diamond Center. If you're in the market to buy a diamond and you don't come to IDC, you are nuts. <laughs> Yeah, I've heard that before. And I'm wondering, you kind of said something. I've asked this to some of the other players and got interesting answers. When you look at the last three years, holistically, do the two cups happen without, you know, Columbus? I do not think so. And that was growth we had to go through. We had to go through as a coaching staff. We had to go through as players. We had to go through as a leadership core. Uh, it, I don't think there's, there's any doubt that we do not win one, let alone two, if we don't experience what we did in that year. It's, it's funny, we, we won the President's Trophy. Yeah. And it's a historic season, only three, two teams, or three, only two teams in the history of the NHL have won 62 games, and we were one of them. Yeah. And it's special. Unbelievable. So we, so we actually get a replica of the, of the uh, President's Trophy. <laughs> and Jeff Halpern wanted to give his away. <laughs> He literally used it as a candy because dish. he like didn't it, it just because it he didn't hurt. have any attachment it, to it. it hurt we, like it's all about winning the Stanley Cup the regular yeah. season was great we enjoyed it something we have it was it but it it brought a bad and that's the competitor he is yeah he had a bad taste in his mouth when he'd see that thing yeah and he was literally going to give it away and it, it just sat on his desk uh, candy change keychain whatever it was it was dusting up yeah and then we win that thing. Now when it sits next to your replica Prince of Wales, it's part of the story. It's a part of it. And it's just, yeah. it, it just, it makes it one that it truly is special. And then it, we even said as a staff, as disappointing as that year was, 
10, 15, 20 years from now, we'll appreciate the 62 wins because that, that's special. It's historic. Yeah. And it's, it, it, it's, never, it's never happened for a reason. Uh, but it does, it did have that bad taste. But now that it basically set us up for the following two years, it's just them together. It, it, it's unbelievably special. So to answer your question, no doubt in my mind, uh, we do not win those two Santa Cups without that defeat to Columbus. What Alex Kalorn told me at the beginning of this year, I, I, which I found, I found the, the, the fact that he said this, I found it so interesting. And it, again, it kind of speaks to the competitive nature that you have to have to be in the NHL, whether it's a coach or a player, right? So I'm interested in your perspective. He told me that the bad taste that he got from losing to Columbus. Yes. That sweep, that feeling. He said that is stronger. The emotion of that is stronger and more intense than the joy of winning and even winning back to back. Is that the same for you? Yes, I 100%. Um, the, I don't know if this is correct. Alex is a lot smarter than I am. Uh, but the losing is real. It's gut punching. Um, you literally, true depression. Like you yeah. you lose, you work so hard, and it just gets ripped from you in five to six days. And you're just so disappointed in yourself and the group. The winning is still a little surreal. So you win it, and it's, it's special, and it's unbelievable. The first one was relief. Yeah. A huge relief, especially coming off that second one. And then the, the second one was, was special beyond special also. And to, again, do it differently, one in a bubble. Then the second one, the same thing where I felt we cheated in my personal Stanley Cup parties, you felt you were achieving that first run, what this city would be like during a cup run, the excitement builds through the playoffs. Yeah. And to experience full circle the following year, beating Florida, an unbelievable intense local better, battle. Better than you expected though, the city coming together? Better. So I, the one thing I didn't probably didn't get appreciation of, when we came back from the bubble is how excited it was for the city. Yeah. That was probably perfect timing. It was pandemic. People were kind of wanting to get out of their shell. It was a tough time for everyone. I think we gave some some people some excitement. 100%. But when we came back and the excitement of just getting off the plane and, and driving to the arena and the, and the streets being lined up and then the actual boat parade and then to go to the energy of the, the filled football stadium. Yeah. It's just the energy. So we probably didn't appreciate what it did for the community. But then to full circle it the following year and just to, to, to go through Florida as an underdog, to yep. go through Carolina as an underdog, game seven at home, the electricity of winning game oh seven. Oh, my gosh, yeah. And then clinching the Stanley Cup at home. So to me, unbelievable experience, but it's still surreal. Yeah. And so getting back to that question, the loss is it hurts more. It's gut punching. Yeah. And the winning is special, but it's still a little surreal. And I don't think we'll – appreciate even those back-to-back -back runs and even you know we're in the midst of potentially doing something yeah. really really special here but until you know down the road you get away from being part of it yeah I think I mean yeah you, you kind of have to have some space right to be able to like fully appreciate it's it's kind of like that saying what they say like youth is wasted on the young like sometimes you don't you don't you don't fully get to appreciate something while you're in it but for sure on the hating losing. And, and you guys have talked about that. Hate. Yes. We hate to lose. So there's been a little bit of a rough stretch, right? How do you kind of like, as a coach, really lean into that hate, hate to lose mentality 
to gear up for the playoffs and to really like lean in like, hey, there's some things that we need to fix. There's some things that we, we haven't done right or whatever, like the process. We, there's parts of the process we haven't been following. Like remember that taste and like use that as fuel to like gear up to the playoffs. Do you use that? Is 100%. that something? I mean, there's always, you're always got to get, find a way to get players motivated. Yeah. And, and every year is different and unique. Um, I remember even you brought up Alex going earlier. You know, as coaches, we're living every day. You know, we 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 lose in that Columbus sweep, and it's we're immediately spinning the wheel. We worked so hard that summer, and a little, some of it, a lot of it was structure. We we did adjust some things within our D zone, just some things within our neutral zone. We we tried to take less risk out of our game. So there's a lot of structural things that went to it that uh, that worked for us. But we've spent so much time on the locker room. The the leadership aspect mm. of it, getting the most out of it, being an all-inclusive team. We we spent more, we, we we outsourced it in different ways. We brought oh really? It, like we, like mental coaches for and sure. like mindset, coaches, that kind of yes, stuff. That kind of stuff. Our leadership, a leadership mentality, leadership approach. Like we spent more time on that than we did, and, and I think people are shocked when they hear something like that. Yeah. Uh, that it's you know they see these superstars, but then they see what they had to go through, and we were really blessed. Unbelievable leadership crew, uh, but to get that leadership crew to be a little more all-inclusive was special. Mm -hmm. And we have some unbelievable, just competitive warriors that just just will their, their, their way. And when I look back years from now and people ask me about this group, it's the things that'll, that'll ring to me is their competitiveness in yeah. these guys. So you're constantly motivated, but Alex Glorn brought up that first Stanley Cup was special, but a lot of people have won one. It's, we both know that's not really that true, but there is some truth to it. A lot of people, people that went two, that's a whole different level. Yep. And I think that drove some of the guys, and that came from Alex early on. And, and we and we talked about that. And even this year, you went back to back cups. You know, our post game celebration is we'll give out something related to staying hungry. Mm. And that's are you still hungry? And it's it's been challenging. Or no one's played more hockey than us in yeah. three years in the history of the league. How do we get guys motivated to stay hungry? And it, and it has been. We knew we'd have these challenges, but again, until you experience them, and I think as even as we're coming down the stretch here, you have that balance of we know we need to push them to detail our game out to be successful in the playoffs because you're not just going to turn a switch on and turn it on and win four series. Yeah. But at the same time, have some appreciation both mentally and physically what we went and just push uh, on the right amount uh, but keeping these guys motivated too and you know even down the stretch we're gonna have a strong message here that I we know there's probably a little mental fatigue or motivation it's probably human nature but this might be our best chance with this group we have a, ch a chance we have a special group uh, we are closer it seems so far right now but we're closer and i think and i think that'll be that message down the stretch in our last six games going into that first series and uh and every it's just amazing like every series started every playoff started the same or something either sparked us early on the five overtime oh my goal gosh. in the first one the Braden point late goal in game one and just wrote us, we'll need that spark again, uh, come here in a couple of weeks.
Yeah, and it, it maybe just a matter <coughs> of like who who steps up or who kind of ignites that spark type thing. For sure, we want to be able to detail the game out as much as possible. I think we're in the in the process of it. Um, you know, th there's still some ups and downs in our game. Um, we went through a three-game stretch where we only gave up two goals. Yeah. Against Boston, uh, Buffalo, and Dallas, and now we've come in a stretch where we've given up three, four, four, five. Uh, so we know we got to keep our net, but. That's the one detail, but it's the it's the it's the will, it's the mental part that I really think we'll start fine tuning here in the next seven eight days. I, I've talked to you a lot about like, you know, the success and the failures and different things, but how fun is it? You know what I mean? Because like at the end of the day, and, and I, I don't mean to like take away, you know, what you guys want to do, but like at the end of the day, you guys are like playing a game, right? That is a fun game. That, that, like, uh, do you still have fun? Like, do you still 100%. get that enjoyment and out I, of it? And I think you embrace it. And even, even as a coaching staff, we're, we're trying to look at who we're going to play and, and what we want to play. And it, it, you think of it, you think of it, okay, yes, if you play Toronto, it scares you. They're a phenomenally offensive team. But then you're like, oh, my God, to be in Toronto and we've never played Toronto, how exciting is that? Yeah. We could play the Rangers, like, in New York City, how exciting is that? We could play Carolina, maybe the deepest, most rounded team. You know, do, do we face Florida again? Like, you just get excited at the competition of it and that yeah. challenge of it. And our guys have always embraced that. And I think that's what, it's funny, when we get to that first Stanley Cup, we had lost to Columbus the previous year, swept. We play, we're in the bubble, and Toronto is playing Columbus in the playing series. We get the winner. And obviously both would be a very tough opponent. And we, we're saying all the right things. We, you know, if it's Toronto, we're ready for them. If it's Columbus, we hope deep down the coach is like, God, I hope it's not Columbus. <laughs> and I can say that now because we, we, we got over that hurdle. Just the way they checked, the mental part of yeah. the, the way they played the before, and they had a confidence against us too. And it's just the playoffs. Penalties aren't gonna be called. They're gonna check extremely hard. It's going to be. It's going to look like it did last year. How are we going to fight to get through it? And then it's just you embrace. So there was some fear going into that series, but then when that competitiveness and you just embrace the competition of it, we were fine. And and that's going to be our approach again. Excited about who we get. I don't care who it is. Now you're going to embra embrace the opportunity of a special opportunity of just playing and playing in the Stanley Cup Finals or or playoffs. Is there something that you can share? You, you mentioned earlier that p part of the, um, you know, post-game celebration is, you know, something to, to kind of like say, are you still hungry? Are you full yet type thing? Do, I mean, are you giving out desserts? Can you give me a... It's not as exciting, so I 100% can share it. But we, we literally just made a hat, hungry man and then the hungrier man. And okay. so worst case scenario, we'll give the hat. But w we like... Um, we like to give one as a staff, but it was very important that the other person pick someone else too. It's his opportunity to have the room to talk about. And those are some of our best team building moments. Yeah. Where you know, Steven Stamkos is, he's a captain, he's a true captain. He runs, he talks in a room. He's just, he's experienced, he's comfortable doing it and he's excellent at it. But the odd time player A or B or C has to do it. You can see the uncomfort, but then you can see his true meaning comes out i'm giving this to so-and-so because of his block shot it's just that's what we try to get out of the room so it's 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 nothing over exciting most teams have it and you know this day and age people film it and they show it 
Uh, but it's our opportunity to keep building this team together with a message, and that's what we came up with this year. Uh, are you still hungry? So you, as, as a staff, give out a hungry man hat, and then, the, and then whoever gets the hungry man hat gets to give out a hungrier man hat. And we will do to That's have some cool. fun with it, like um, to, to switch things up, to keep it fresh. Um, the Thanksgiving day, okay. the, the the catering staff had a big turkey for us. That's <laughs> so we cool. we give to that day, uh, stuff like that. The, the For whatever reason, uh, Rick Bonus, uh, who used to coach here, he would always want popcorn before the game. Okay. And I don't know if it's us, but by the end of it, he had this giant bag of popcorn. It's, it's half the size of you and I. It's oh just my gigan- gigantic. And I don't know if it's sarcastic or it's, it's their fun with them, but we used to still get that delivered. The popcorn. Yeah. So we would before give. Before a game. Yeah. So we'd give that sometimes, stay hungry. And I can still yeah. picture Stammer, I think, was our player of the game that day and eating the popcorn. And we'll do different things to keep That's it cool. fresh. and and have some fun with it, but it's still the message of what we're trying to build uh, throughout the season. As someone who has said before that, you know, you want to go into head coaching and, and, you know, I think that you're incredibly talented and you'll get that opportunity. What, what part of Cooper's style or something that maybe he imparted to you, do you think that you'll take with you? That's a great question because I, I, I came to, Tampa for a couple of reasons. One, to chase the Stanley Cup. Yeah. There was a window to do it here. But the other thing, number two, and maybe in some ways uh, more important to me, was learning under John Cooper. Uh, I, say, I saw John as the new age, I wouldn't say perfect coach, but that coach that can hold guys accountable, but also can, can make them feel good about themselves, can have, can have a relationship with them. How much of that is him being a lawyer? I think it's just him being smart and a lawyer, but there's some truth to it. Like when people, people ask me all the time, what's it like? Cause he's become the, that, that yeah. great coach. I mean, he's, you're going to be named the Olympic Canadian coach. And, oh yeah. And he especially, and I, I probably didn't give him enough credit on his exes and old mine until I saw it every day. He's brilliant on that too, but he manages extremely well. And again, just as much of our time as X's and O's, we spend almost as much time, if not more, on managing our room. Who needs to be talked today? Okay, Newsy, you're going to go talk to this player today. This guy needs a kick in the butt. This guy needs a hug. This guy does. What's our message today? I mean, we spent, we were here three hours before practice today. Little of it was X's and O's. Two hours of it was what our meeting and our message was going to be to the guys. So for me, I knew that was a strength of his. I've had a, I, a, a, success with my relationships with me being able to manage rooms and strong personalities and i wanted to see that from john cooper and and that's the one thing i've gotten out of it and it's really i've been appreciative of that it was a little selfish for me um, i came here to learn under him and especially in that skill set specifically and it's been it's been wonderful for me it's like you can have your Harvard education. You can have any education you want. You can read as much as you want. But to experience it every day, it's been extremely rewarding and unbelievably growthful for me. Yeah, there's nothing like that first yes, experience. for sure. For sure. Yes. Coming up, Derek Lalonde tells me about his nickname, Newsy, where he got it from. And I take him through the final countdown. That is next after a word from our sponsor. 
We don't go through brokers or wholesalers. We go straight to the cutters. International Diamond Center owner Keith LeClaire. You cannot get any closer to the source than International Diamond Center. With tremendous buying power and international connections that go back over 35 years, IDC can easily guarantee the best diamond value. We refuse to be beat on any diamond, any price, anywhere. Period? Period. So there you have it. You're going to get a bigger, better diamond. You need another period after that. Period. <laughs> International Diamond Center. Okay, Newsy. We're ready. Can I call you Newsy? Everyone calls. There's people that don't know who Derek is. There's been a couple of times. Who's Derek? I'm Newsy, me. Like So, yes, everyone knows me as Newsy, um, and that's who I am. So okay. Yes, of course. Okay, perfect. And that nickname came about, how old were you? <laughs> well, it's probably through college. It, back in the, about, I think it's somewhere between 1918 and early 20s newsy lalonde yeah Lalonde, edward or edward exactly yeah. uh, played for montreal canadians is in the hall of fame yeah so and it's actually cornwall ontario so the name's very common and where i grew up it's funny i brought my kids home five six years ago they've never been to canada and it's july 5th it's fourth july weekend we're, we're going to go over to canada and my one son it's 83 degrees out it's muggy and my one kid's like do i need a jacket <laughs> And I'm like, no, we literally drive the, the backwoods through farmland, farmland, and we cross, and it was the most uneventful, okay, we're in Canada. Here we are. <laughs> yeah, we're, here we are. Uh, but we went down Cornwall, and three, the down, small downtown, there, the, there was the loan insurance, there was the loan car plate. Yeah. They were shocked to see him. So it's a fairly common name through there, and he's actually from Cornwall. Uh, I don't think there's any relation that it could be uh, from way back when, but he was uh, right across the border, New Zealand, and it was just an easy the hockey relation and to make a stick easy nickname okay well okay newsy then this is the final countdown it's the last four questions i ask everybody what's your happy gilmore-esque happy place anything with my family probably when i take my family home i don't think they like it because there's not much to do there i told you it's a town of 1000 but i love going home i some of my closest friends are still my uh, friends from home Uh, so i would say Brazier Falls, New York, uh, on a lake um, with my buddies and my family in the summer. That sounds awesome. Yes. What if the Tampa Bay Lightning team, like the collectively, was a person? How would you describe them? Swagger, confident. Um, just I, I, I probably I'd stick with swagger we do have an unbelievable confidence I, I think we've done a good job of cultivating that we work hard on cultivating that within our group but some of these guys it's it's a special and it's real uh, so um, I would say swagger yeah I like that answer yes. I've never heard that before but that's cool that's a good one okay if you could talk to yourself when you were just getting started what would you say be patient. I personally think I got the best advice of my life early on in my coaching career, and that was be present in the job you're at and be great at the job you're at. And just natural coaching, you're, the next level is better job, better money. It's natural to look past what yeah. you're doing. And when that person told me and I and I lived it when I went to this job I, w- I wanted to be the best I could be in that job when I went to this job I wanted to be the best I could be at that job you know I'm sitting here wanting to be an NHL head coach um, but I'm living in the present right now just being great at my job so I would tell myself that again and really make sure you live by it yeah um, last one 
what is something maybe off the ice that has brought you some joy this week? My family, they're amazing. Um, it's, uh, my wife was a coach. We, we we met when she was a coach. I tell people all the time, marry a coach. The ups That's and really downs. Cool. It's, it's a great. The ups and downs. We 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 wear it. We bring it home. The moves we've had to make. Um, so she gets it. She gets it beyond. Even my family gets it. Yeah. And they they enjoy it. They're my biggest fan. Uh, but they also. Like, Abby's like, I don't want to talk about hockey anymore, but why'd you pull Bass the other day? <laughs> She's turned into a fan herself, like, uh, like, like things like that. Uh, so my family, it's, you knock on wood, but I've truly been blessed. Three kids, my wife, and the, the coaching's not easy. Um, there's goods and bads to it. The, it's the seven months we're involved. It's the most intense thing, and I love it. And then to just have five months, I, two weeks in, they get sick of me. It's unbelievable how they miss me. I'm never around. And then two weeks in, they're so sick of me being in their face, doing everything, every drive, uh, every sporting event possible. So that's an easy question. It's That's my family. Well, thank you so much for your time today. This was I awesome. I appreciated talking to you. It was thank fun. Thank you very much. For sure. Yes. I need to get myself one of those hungry man hats. Maybe maybe I can talk Newsy into uh into making me one. I surely enjoyed the conversation today. It was a lot of fun to get to know uh, Derek and just get inside his mind as the Lightning look to make another playoff run. And of course, you can catch the action on Valley Sports. Uh, I will be with you guys the whole way through that playoff run. So be sure to keep listening in, tune in, and follow us at Bally Lightning on Twitter. Thank you, fans, so much for listening today. I will have more interviews with both Lightning players, Rays players, and more in the coming weeks. So be sure to subscribe and rate five stars. I, I felt weird asking about that, but I listened to a few other podcasts and other people ask for five-star ratings. So I'm going to ask five-star ratings. And let me know if there's a specific player, front office member, assistant coach that you guys want me to talk to. I will... Ask them your questions. I will sit down and interview them. We'll have some fun. This is Miked Up with Kaylee Mizell, presented by International Diamond Center. And a special thank you to our national sponsor in Southeast Toyota. Visit your local Toyota dealers today or exploretoyota.com and take advantage of the amazing deals on our full line of vehicles. No matter your destination, Toyota goes with you. Toyota, let's go places. Again, thank you guys so much for listening. Continue to keep up with us and keep up with me at Kaylee Weinzel on all social platforms. I will see you guys online.